Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm not too bad. Good, good. Yeah, I'm fresh off a sweet 4080 uh, FNM. Mmm, that's pretty good. It's pretty good, with an absolute pile that definitely shouldn't have won any games, so then I didn't lose a game. Nice. What format were you playing? <laughs> Modern. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I felt forced into because the only other FNM was Pauper, and I don't particularly have an interest in playing Pauper. Yeah. So I put together some Naya Color cards that I like to play. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't lose a game. <laughs> oh, wow. It was completely undeserved. Uh, I was playing some, just playing Blood Red Elf, Ren 6, Night of the Reliquary, Snowfall Mystic, stuff like that. Yeah, just some, some good, good cards. Yeah, right? Some, some of my favorite cards. And then just put three Astrolabes in the deck because I was building it at like half 11 the night before FNM. I was like, yeah, I should put Astrolabes and be really good for fixing colors. Yep. And it. It's just pointless. <laughs> like it's just another bad hit of Blood Braid Elf and doesn't really do anything for the deck because I'm already playing yeah. like Noble Hierarch and I'm playing into Fletchers and like my colours are fine. Until in round two my opponent goes turn one Blood Moon and I go turn one Snow Plains Astrolabe. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just have no gas left because they banked on the ast- the, the Blood Moon being good enough. Uh, and I won. <laughs> yeah. Astrolabe's just such a good card. It like... really is. I, like maybe I should keep it in the deck. I don't know if it's actually good. Um, I'm going to post the list on Twitter at some point if anyone's interested. <sighs> I feel like at, at the worst, it always just replaces itself. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like even it's... if like you hit a bloodbraid elephant and uh, draw into like a lightning bolt or something, maybe like that would be alright. Yeah, the thing is, it's just that's just strictly worse than just hitting a lightning bolt off a bloodbraid elf. It is. It is. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good fun. And then I opened some absurd prize packs and had a good time. Yeah, or well, what did you get in your absurd, absurd prize packs? I got a Prismatic Vista. Ooh, nice. A Foil Mox Tantalite. Ooh, nice. An Ice Fang Qual. Cool. And then the Foil Promo Packs that we get, I got uh, a Foil Lotus Veil. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And a Foil Atali. Yeah, that, very nice packs. Yeah, it's really good. I was really happy with it. I opened it, I was like, oh man, that's really cool. Did you know Foil Mox Tantalite is worth $25? Uh, yeah, I've <laughs> absolutely no idea why. I mean, yeah, the regular copies were five. Yeah, I guess because it's a it's a foil mythic in a premium set. But like, yeah, I, I feel like there's there's no real no real demand for the price to be that high. If anyone wants to buy a foil Mox Tantalite for thirteen pounds, <laughs> please let me know. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. I, the rest of my week has just been work, and it's still kind of hot, so I've been uncomfortable most of the time. Yeah, how was your week? Yeah, my week was all right. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't played much much Magic, but I did play some Legacy yesterday. Um, a few of us just decided that we're just going to do like a monthly meetup and just just play because like most of the stores don't really seem interested in running like Legacy tournaments. Um, even though like people will will play, there is definitely demand for us. So we just figured it's like, oh, well, we're just going to do it ourselves. And we found quite a nice little pub to to go and do it, which was quite quiet in the middle of the day. Um, so we figured let's let's just play some games. Um, it was really sort of casual, and I I just like I always enjoy Legacy, but I, I really enjoyed just the the nice sort of casual meetup we had because it was just rather than like a tournament setting, it was like oh we're going to play games, but we're going to talk like to each other as we're playing the game as well, and like figure out like both of like our optimum lines and stuff when it comes to like thought seasons and yeah it was just really good it was really nice to like have like a proper playtesting session and also just play some games legacy it was sweet 
Yeah, that's really cool. You're not going to start podcast beef with some kind of store, are you? Oh, no. No. <laughs> the store's an interesting playing legacy, and then they hear, and then they have a go at you, and then we have to stop doing our podcast because people are angry at I mean, us. Newcastle has like three game stores on one street. Like, it could, it could be any <laughs> stores I'm talking about here. That seems like bad planning from several people. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, Casual Legacy is pretty much the only legacy I play, and it's always good fun, like, trying to play correctly and trying to go through lines with people. And Yeah. Yeah, I don't really understand people that play Casual Magic and just try and beat each other. Like, I'm very much yeah, interested definitely. in playing properly, unless we play, because I just have to beat you. Um, <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Yeah, I just have to be, well, I say beat you, I just put one of two cards into play and you normally concede. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Galactic turn two. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Last time you got visibly angry. <laughs> you're just playing a casual game. You're like, oh, God damn it. I just hate that card. There's just like nothing I can do in game one against that card at all. Yeah, um, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I love it. <laughs> sure. I also love that you continue to play for like three turns as if anything was ever going to happen. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you've got to try, right? Maybe you accidentally left the Echoing Truth in from a pre- previous sideboard game and you get to win. No, I don't do that. That's 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 never happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. The card just makes me sad. Yeah, it makes me very happy. It makes me my card. So it's going to sweet. So other than playing a little bit of Magic, I have been keeping up to date with a lot of the spoilers for Throne of Eldraine because the hype train just never stops. We're constantly in motion. It's uh, yeah. It's just been like just just card after card after card. Like some of them are really really cool, and some of them are just fine but it's just just new cards constantly and some of them kind of look like shrek yeah yeah one of them one of them in particular does look a lot like shrek yeah but it's it says giant in the flavor text yeah so it's not it's not shrek because he's an ogre yeah maybe they just didn't want to put an ogre i don't know i mean one of the cards has made reference to monty python so i think making reference to shrek on a card is probably fine yeah like, it's not like it's a weird thing to make reference to a film that your set's clearly ripped from. Yeah, that's true. I need to be at some point, like, just like a legendary ogre with Swamp Walk. Just do it. Yeah. Please. <laughs> it can just be terrible. I'm going to have seven mana tutu with Swamp Walk. Just do it, because it, you know, it needs to be done. You give me that legendary donkey. That's all, that's all I want. <laughs> Please don't give me a legendary donkey. No one wants that. We've already had a legendary wall, and that was disappointing. Oh, like, legendary dragon, that when it comes into play, you make a 1-1 one, one donkey. All right, that one I could see. That sounds okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Wait, she doesn't make the donkey. She marries uh, Well, I mean, she, she kind of does in, like, the later films. Oh, she has, like... In which case, that would be when it ends a battlefield, create, like, an 01 donkey dragon creature token. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a donkey. Yeah. Man, that film's... That bit of the film... I forget about that bit of the film. And I think even as a kid, when I watched that, I was like, that's very strange. Like, I yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> a, a donkey having children with a dragon. We're now a zoology podcast. That's not zoology. That's just me being confused. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's a zoology podcast. I mean, one, dragons don't exist, <laughs> and two, two species can't mate with each other and produce children. And three, if they did, they wouldn't just be donkeys with wings. Yeah, that can breathe fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when one's like a reptile and one's a mammal as well, that's that's just a whole whole other level of yeah, exactly. confusion. Let's think of all the fantastical things that happen in the Shrek movies and all the things that obviously can't happen in the real world the fact that a donkey and a dragon would make a baby is the thing that I found most unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I, I feel like that's the kind of like issue like I always have with things. Um, like just to kind of go really off topic here, mm. uh, specifically in like the was the Age of Ultron Marvel film, like the Avengers film. There's a bit where like um, I think it's Bruce, like Bruce Banner or like Tony Stark or somebody is like like oh he uses he uses vibranium from Wakanda and he's like the other one goes oh Wakanda what's that and it's like well. If you're a scientist, if you're like this this world-renowned, cutting-edge scientist, and you're talking about vibranium, which is a metal which can be only mined in one place in the world, which is Wakanda, how come you haven't heard of Wakanda? Like, I can totally believe that, like, the hook grows big and his pants stay on, but, like, <laughs> just the little things, you know? Yeah, I've never seen that movie, or any Marvel movies past the first Avengers one, so I'm going to hope that there's a listener that listens to that and is like yeah yeah that's a good point Dre because I'm not going to give that praise to you and I'm sorry yeah I mean most of them are kind of kind of terrible but the last Avengers movie is quite good isn't that going like, to especially the bit where like Ant-Man gets really small and goes inside <laughs> Thanos and then gets really big <laughs> yeah see I haven't seen that film either but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happens based on everything it else. is yeah it's a good one still making that joke <laughs> based on what I've been told by specifically you <laughs> that's exactly what happens in that movie yeah great <laughs> anyway, should we talk about some Throne of Eldraine spoilers? Yeah, I guess we have to, which is unfortunate because I'm enjoying that tangent. <laughs> uh, are any of them? Are any of them based on Trek? Uh, most likely not. No. So I think we're going to do uh, the very successful game we had last week, where I haven't looked at any of the spoilers, and Joe's going to send me some cards, and I'm going to react to them for the first time. Yeah, because I and about half of them you'll have already seen. Yeah, exactly, which is what you did last time, and it kind of ruined the game, and I was disappointed by it because when we actually played the game, it was really fun. Yeah. So let's try and recreate that magic now. Let's go for it. So first up, uh, we have the Ginger Brute. The Ginger Brute? Yeah. What, is, what does the Ginger Brute do? Uh, the Ginger Brute is a one mana, so it's one mana of any colour. Uh, artifact, creature, food, golem. And it's a 1-1, one, one, and it has haste. And it's two abilities, so one, you can pay one, and Ginger Brute can't be blocked this turn, except by creatures with haste. When you can play two and tap it, a sacrifice Ginger Brute, you gain three life. Cool. So it's the runaway gingerbread man. It is. It yeah. is. You run, run as fast as you can, you cannot catch him unless you have haste. <laughs> yes, that, that old nursery rhyme that really rolled, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I, I'm just... I'm just really glad that it is actually a creature, a gingerbread man creature, and not like a sorcery like Summit Sprint that we'd predicted a while ago. <laughs> that you predicted a while ago. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely just Summit Sprint, but just like Summit's there, like animating gingerbread people, which yeah. is, isn't true. <laughs> I mean, the thing that upsets me about this card is that food isn't a creature type. Yeah, yeah, food is the artifact type rather than the, the creature type. Uh, okay, so first of all, you ruined the game already because I've definitely already seen this card. Yeah. God damn it, Joe. But yeah, I've had so many arguments with people about the fact that food is now a creature type and they're making jokes about food, but it's not a creature type. It's it's confusingly like worded on the card where it just says artifact creature, golden yeah. food. Right? I believe that's the way it's worded. Or is it food golem? Uh, it is artifact creature, food golem. Yeah, so it looks like it's an artifact creature with the creature types food golem, but food is a super type, super type, yeah. subtype, super type of artifact, not a creature. Yeah. Golem is the super type of, yeah, golem is a super type of, of creature, right? And then food is a super type of artifact, it's just they have to be put next to each other because that's how magic cards are yeah. formatted. So it looks like food is a creature type when it's actually not. It does, yeah. It is It is kind of unfortunate the way the, the card's formatted, but it, unfortunately food is not. You cannot name food with Cavern of Souls. I mean, I can. 
can you? Going to say I name food, and then because I don't ever play in any Comprel tournaments, my opponent will be like, ha 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 ha. And that's the thing. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> you can still name egg, though. That is a thing you can do. <laughs> you can absolutely <laughs> name egg. I, mean, I don't know why you would, unless you've got some super sweet, sweet tech in your modern legacy deck where you're playing rock egg for some reason. Or just a changeling. Or just a, just a change. Sure, <laughs> the real answer. God. Yeah, so food isn't just a token, it's a thing that appears on actual yeah. cards. So, like, these, they, you know, there are things that function as food. So, a gingerbread person is food. And also, in this world, it's become an animated to become a creature. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah, I, I just wanted to want to talk about how cool it is that it is actually a creature. Um, it probably sees in play as well, like, one mana, one, one with haste. We're seeing some one mana hasty creatures rotating out. So, maybe, maybe it'll see play in whatever the, the mono red. You know, how white weenie aggro deck is. Cool. So next up, we have Iron Crag Feet. Iron Crag Feet. This is a card I haven't seen. What the hell is this card? Iron Crag... Uh, wait. So when you said Iron Crag Feet, I was expecting, like, iron like the metal, or the thing you use to make clothes yeah. flat. Crag and feet, as in, like, someone's foot. <laughs> Which is not. It's iron... I-R-E-N. Yep. Is that a reference to something in Eldraine? Uh I assume it's it's the place, the Iron Crag. Iron Crag, feet. And feet isn't like a feat of bravery? If yeah, isn't like feet DJ Khaled. <laughs> Iron Crag featuring DJ yeah. Khaled. <laughs> right, so not just like a thing you put a shoe on. Right, excellent. Right, Iron Crag feet. One, red, red, red. Sorcery. Add seven red mana. Oh, that's cool. Written out seven red mana, not just like seven pips. So you can actually read it. Add seven red mana, you can cast only one more spell. That's terrible. Yeah. You can cast only one more spell yeah. this turn. Wait. Seven red. Can't liberate it, cost seven mana. Yeah. Can you... No. Can no. You... It's, it's That was like the, the first thing I, I saw from like everybody Like when this card was previewed. It was like, oh, mono red Tron, mono red Tron. But like in what world is is like a mono red Tron list like casting a spell for like... One red, red, red. I don't know. Last person, Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. Even even PK thought it was it was just not meant for that deck. I mean, yeah, this isn't meant for that deck. It's not Tron. Just because it's got Karn, it doesn't mean it has to have Urzans and in, in, like in tow. <laughs> it doesn't mean like that's what that's the rule. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, can you cast us on turn one? Uh, with like a bunch of Simian Spirit Guides, yeah, or like other rituals. Yeah, so you go Mountain. Yep. Spirit Guide. So you've got two mana. Cast a Ritual. That's three mana. Yeah, then you cast a Ritual off that. So you've got four mana. Then you cast it. You have seven mana. You can play one more spell and it's Khan. Yeah, it's very Magic Christmas land, right? Yeah, but you can do it. <laughs> it's, a, it's an yeah. option. Yeah, I yeah. just I don't okay. think this card is, is any good. I think this card sees play in specifically don't two places. It. I think... Um... Don't say it. Don't say it. Wait, two places. Uh, so one, uh, Legacy Belcher. I think Belcher is the only deck that exists currently that can actually play this. Yeah, yeah, because you could. It adds seven, adds and enough, Belcher adds costs a, four yeah. and three to activate. And yeah. Yep. Sure. Okay. I, that seems reasonable. Yeah. I don't know anything about Belcher tech because it's not a real deck. But sure. yeah, I, I think that's the only place in existing deck currently. And then the other one is a combo uh, in standard with another card which I don't think you've seen yet either. 
okay, I was about to like have a go at you for saying commander because <laughs> I just assumed that your thing is like, oh, this card's terrible. It probably suits playing commander. Like it just won't suit playing. Commander. Oh no, no commander shade this just, week. I'll, I'll try. That's that's my heart. Ah, that, that's nonsense. By the end of the episode, you'll say something. <laughs> so the other card that I combos with is Sundering Stroke. Uh, it costs seven mana, one of which is red. Well done. <laughs> okay, so it's actually a combo. Yeah. Because I haven't read the card yet. Okay. Sundering Stroke. Six and a red for a sorcery. Sundering Stroke deals seven damage divided as you, cho- divided as you choose among one, two, or three targets. If at least seven red mana... Okay. Well done. <laughs> if at least seven red mana is spent to cast this spell, instead Sundering Stroke deals seven damage to each of those permanents and or players. Yeah. So you just seven everything, so you get to like Blasphemous Act. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it, it, you you got three targets. You can do that. Oh, it doesn't do it to everything. I thought it no, did no. everything. Uh, that's that's bad. That's probably not bad, but sorry, I'm thinking in terms of commander. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I spent four mana to deal seven damage to like your two blockers and you, and then swing for lethal. I, I, maybe I don't know. I think I think that's the, the the only other place you can play it is is there in some sort of like big red deck in standard. So is the art Rowan Kenrith chopping off the head of some dragons? It is, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's my favorite thing about the card by a long way. Yeah, it's quite graphic. I think um, for a magic card released in twenty nineteen. Is it? Yeah, there's a lot of blood. That's fine. It's got a pentagram on it. Yeah, that's true. Which <laughs> <laughs> is the, the problem in the yeah. movies. <laughs> This, this card's fine. It's not going to see any play, right? Uh, prob- probably not. I think, like, Iron Crag Feet will probably see more play than this does. But, wow. again, I, I, yeah, I just think, like, this this could be some sort of payoff in in a big red deck. Because I assume, I assume that that's, that's going to be a thing. Yeah, especially when... Uh... The amount of cards in this set that care about, like, monocolored as, as a theme... And that reward you for you know, spending red mana on spells, and then you've got you know an abundance of Chandras in the format. Big red's going to be a thing, definitely. Especially when your hot take from last week comes true, and they reprint the Urzalans in quarter. Yeah, there we go. Mono red Tron and standard. And there you go. There's your yeah. <laughs> that seems awful. And yeah, if you cast this card in mono red Tron, then it will only deal seven damage to them among three targets. That's yeah. Bad. Yeah, this card's fine. I might put it in my Ilhog deck. <laughs> Next up, we have another red card. Excellent, I love red cards. This one is Fires of Invention. It's an enchantment. Fires. Fires of Invention. Oh, sorry. You sent me a link to a Spanish version of the card, <laughs> and I thought it was just like, this isn't called Fires of Invention. Fuegos de la Invención uh, is three and a red for an enchantment. You can only cast spells during your turn. You, you can only cast spells during your turn. You cannot cast more than two spells each turn. You can cast spells with converted mana costs less than or equal to the amount of land you control without paying their mana costs. Yeah, that's interesting, right? You can cast spells with converted mana costs less than... Translation says less than. Come on. Mana costs less than or equal to the amount of land you control without paying the mana costs. So if you have... So you cast this, and then next turn... Oh, the same turn. Yeah. So four mana, if you have four lands, you can cast a four mana spell for free. Yeah. That's cool. And then you untap and you have five lands. And you can only cast two spells. So essentially you get a spell for free. Yeah. Because you would have tapped your five lands to cast the first one. But you can just cast it without paying its mana cost because you've got more than five lands. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you cast another, so you get a free spell every turn. Yeah. But you can only cast them during your turn, which I guess in like a red deck that's one who played this. It's it's a really interesting card, isn't it? Yeah, this it? is the thing, because like, the sort of go-to is like, oh, it's an enchantment that doesn't do anything, like a five mana, a four mana do nothing. But you get to cast a spell immediately if you have on your hand. Yeah. So you get to cast this, then cast a spell for free, so it's like you cast a spell anyway. So essentially you've just discarded a card, but it's given you a really good effect. This one's hard to evaluate. I would be surprised if it was playable in any kind of constructed format, but... Yeah, I, I I don't know how how you break it, but I feel like there is there's potentially something with like this card in Thousand Year Storm because you're you're making copies of spells. You're not ca- you're not casting them. Yeah, but you can only cast two spells a turn, so your storm count will be two. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah. So it's cool design. It feels yeah, very much like uh, it feels like a card they're shooting for for the commander that probably won't see any playing commander because it's kind of bad. Yeah. It's like a really really crap allure. Yeah, it is. Or it's a really, really bad as foretold. <laughs> it's a terrible as foretold. Yeah, yeah you can't even pitch it to force of will. Yeah, <laughs> you can pitch it to force of rage. Is that the terrible red force from modern? That Rhythm? is, yeah. Yeah, you can pitch it to that. So there's that. Yeah, I just thought that was it was a pretty interesting one. It'd be quite good to get your sort of first impressions on it because it's strange, right? I think red, red's pretty good at these. Like weird effects that just don't seem to fit like anywhere else within the colour pie. Yeah, red very much seems like the chaos colour, right? Yeah, so yeah. We have this nonsense that we want to put on a magic card, we'll probably make it red. I mean, this is just, I don't know, you're paying four mana for an enchantment, I'd probably rather play Experimental Frenzy still. Yeah, absolutely. Why am I playing this, I guess? Maybe you can play, maybe you can play both. Maybe there's there's some sort of combo deck somewhere, somehow. I, I don't know. Wait, you play Fire's Invention? Then, for your free spell, you get to play Experimental Frenzy. Yeah. And then, because of Fire's Invention, you can't cast any more spells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a th- it's a thing you can do. That's going to be my, my evaluation of all cards from now on, because my takes on new magic cards and, and spoilers have been historically terrible. <laughs> it's a thing you can do. Awesome. So next up, we have a not red card. Uh, this one is Stone Coral Serpent. This one's in Japanese. My big fan. It is. Yeah, it's your favorite. <laughs> my fa- my favorite language. <laughs> Stone Coral Serpent. It's an artifact for X. Okay, it's an artifact creature for X. It's a zero zero. It has reach and trample and protection from multicolor, and it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one cards on it. Yeah, this has got to see some sort of play, right? Yeah, protection from multicolor. So like. Okay, it can't be bounced by Teferi. Yeah. It doesn't die to Ren and Six. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't die to Ren and Six, but it doesn't die to Ren and Six if you cast it for two mana. <laughs> this is true, this is true. Okay, a colourless Hydra that isn't actually a Hydra. Yeah, I, I feel like whenever they print something with like just a mana cost of X, that's a colourless artifact, it has potential to be to be broken somewhere, somehow. Uh, yeah, I, I really like this one. I think it's it's obviously very reminiscent of Endless One, but it has the upside of being an artifact, and this one also has Reach and Trample, which Endless One didn't. Yeah, but there's no double lands for snake creatures, right? Not currently, no. <laughs> In the way that there are for Eldrazi. Yeah. There's Reach and Trample. I mean, it's, got, it's just like if you make loads of mana like off your Iron Crag feet. Yeah. Right? And cast this on turn four. Make it a 7-7. Seven, seven. Make a 7-7 seven, seven that doesn't die to Mortify, or Assassin's Trophy, or 
another multicolor spell in standard. Yeah, I feel like a, like a lot of the a lot of like the good removal has been multicolored, and yeah, maybe maybe I don't know, maybe it's a sideboard card somewhere. Maybe it's just whenever they print anything that just costs X and can be played by anyone in any deck, there's there's just potential there, right? Yeah, because Ugin's Conjurance busted. <laughs> sure. Well, if you play it with that Kieran, then yeah, you, you can do that. Even then, it's not busted. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It's a thing you can do. Yeah. Speaking of things you can do, uh, our next card is Mirror Maid. I really look forward to editing that Skype sound out. <laughs> <laughs> Mirror Maid. One blue-blue for an enchantment. You may have Mirror Maid enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact or enchantment on the battlefield. That seems this one good. seems good. That yeah. seems very good. Yep. Okay, so it's a clone that can't clone creatures, but it can clone everything else. Yeah. Well, not everything else can't clone with us. All lands. All that. God, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you got my point. Stop. All right. And it's about first copy of an artifact enchantment. Like, okay, but what artifacts and enchantments are we playing in standard currently that this would be good for? Uh, currently, I'm not too sure, uh, but I think the the copy enchantment thing will be very very relevant in the future once we go to Theros. Ooh, yeah, and it's got one blue blue for devotion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Wait, no, because when it becomes a copy, it keeps the mana cost of the card it's copying, right? Yes, 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 it does. I mean, it's cool. It's like, it's like a it's a uh, for 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 Exeter Metamorph. No, no, not really. No, it's a, well, it's a copy enchantment. Copy enchantment, yeah, sure, okay. Because it copies enchantments. Yeah, good name. But sort of facts. It's yeah, I, I I really like it. I think it's just one of those cards that is seeded for a little bit further down the line. That I'm I'm certain we'll see some play. Um, it's most likely going to be great in Commander. Stop well, it. That's the thing. Stop it. <laughs> you are not allowed to speak about Commander anymore. Sure. <laughs> Even if it's to say complimentary things. <laughs> it copies artifacts for three mana. It's yeah, it's, it's good in yeah, it's good in commander. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, this card seems alright. I don't know. I just I'm not that excited by it. It's probably very good somewhere, and it's probably some kind of combo you can do with it because it's probably good to cast an artifact you haven't played for three mana. I don't know, or have two copies of something. I don't know. Should we do a card that you like next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I, yeah, I didn't like any of those cards before. <laughs> cool. So next up is a card which. We know you've already seen, but we've got to oh, talk about on. it. It's Questing Beast. Uh, Questing Beast, okay, sure. Questing Beast is two green-green for a legendary creature, Beast. has Vigilance, Death Touch, and Haste. Questing Beast can't be blocked by creatures of power two or less. Combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. And whenever a Questing Beast deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target Planeswalker that player controls. Right, this is... Uh gonna be like real hack time but i'm copy gonna copy basically everything that anyone has said on twitter since this card has been spoiled remember when four fours for four were good <laughs> yeah remember when four fours for four with six abilities were good yeah i mean it might not even be good i don't actually know in terms of like standard like i don't know null hydraulics and like a busted card and then it just wasn't playable at all yeah i mean it, it did see a little bit of play but i i think this is Got to be better than Null Hide Ferox. Yeah, probably. I mean, this is the thing. It's the kind of card where it's like it seems really, really good on paper, and then it costs like fifty dollars, and then suddenly it's just not playable for some reason. I don't really understand why. Yeah, uh, but I think this card's really good in Legacy. Yeah, um, I think in like in standard, so in standard specifically, like this this card looks like like a bunch of cards in the set do. Like they, they were d- designed 
with Teferi Time Raveler in mind. Like this card is like the anti Teferi. Yeah, sure. Vigilance, Death, Touch, touch Haste, uh, can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. So, like, in your green deck, you're you're playing this on, on your turn three when they've got their Teferi in play, and then you just swing for the Teferi and kill it. Teferi comes down, ticks up to four, and Questioning Beast to four four. Yeah. Yeah, this card's really good. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. I think it will see some standard play. Uh, just Teferi, definitely, it's a good answer to that. And just the abundance of Planeswalkers that we, we got from War of the Spark. The fact that it just deals that extra damage to Planeswalkers is is fantastic hey, do you want to build a commander deck around it no <laughs> <laughs> it's the quickest no of your life looks legendary you can you can yeah that that's that's one thing i feel quite strange about it being legendary because it's just called questing beast it's not like it's not even called like the questing beast it's not even called the loch ness wait the loch ness monster isn't even legendary don't open old ruins man yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got enough of that out of my system last week yeah, it's not called the Questing Beast. I don't know. Whatever. I, I think it's it kind of so it probably has to be legendary because it looks it like the card is is is, is fantastic. Having like multiple in play would be pretty pretty annoying. Um, I just feel like they could have given it like a better name or at least put like the in front of Questing Beast. So you know, last week we were saying like, oh, you can't make all these cool references to old characters from fairy tales and from movies and from Shrek or whatever legendary because then you'd have too many legendary things in the set. Yeah. This is a legend that isn't even based around any kind of fairy tale or lore. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a random creature that happens to be legendary. But Prince Charming isn't legendary. The Loch Ness Monster isn't legendary. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Why is this legendary? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because obviously, like, it's it's the beast that the knights are going to slay on their quest. You know, it's it, it's legendary because it, it's just this, this mythical beast that stars in, like, every sort of fairy tale you know, King Arthur Knight's trope, but it just, it feels wrong in the context of magic, just having, like, such a generic name, like Questing Beast. Like, you could have called it, at the very least, like, the Questing Beast, or, like, Questing Beast of Lockmere, or wherever, whatever you want to call it. No, Lockmere is inhabited by one specific legendary creature that isn't legendary. Yeah, I yeah. understand. You could have, like, called yeah. it, like, something specific to make it sound special, but, like, quest- like is it is it a beast that's questing? Or is it a beast that other people go on a quest to find? It hasn't got any flavour text, so we'll probably never know. Oh god, maybe it'll come up in the ebook. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to pay to read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this card's really good in Legacy. Let's talk about that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so this um, tell us why this card is is actually very good. It's a four mana four four with vigilance, death touch, and haste, and it has the line combat damage dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. And one of yeah. the things that prevents damage is protection. Which is cool, so like if something has protection from green, because that's the thing they're doing in, in sets recently, is giving things protection from specific colours and having colour hate cards, that's cool. Something that has protection from everything is Trino Nemesis. Yeah. Trino Nemesis has protection from you and all the things you control. And one of the abilities of protection, because it's, you know, 17 abilities wrapped up in one, is that it prevents damage. Yep. And Questing B says damage can't be prevented. So it allows all of your creatures to at least trade with the Trino Nemesis. Which yeah, is incredibly powerful. Good. Yeah, especially yeah. considering the green creature decks, or namely just Maverick, have a really tough time beating Trino Nemesis. Yeah. So having another answer to it, and it also just being an efficient threat, and part of the reason I at least have been playing Shifting Ceratops, is it's just an efficient threat that just gets your opponent dead out of nowhere because it has haste. Yeah. So, like, I, th- I like Ceratops slightly more, I think, because it can't be countered. But you can still find this off a green sense in it and just put it into play and, like, smash them for four and then still block. Yeah. 
and it attacks past Trina Nemesis, which is one of the reasons Shifting Ceratops was good. And it allow- and it also just like kills off a Jace or kills off a Liliana or kills off a Renin Six. Yeah, because it deals damage to their planeswalkers. I think this is really really good. I I agree with you there definitely. I think I think that is a, a very good place for it. Um, yeah, I assume it can probably just fit into like anything that plays green and modern as well. Like it just looks great, right? It, I I feel like it's it's almost like the um like the green version of like a Stormbreath Dragon. Yeah, that's the kind of feeling, right? Like I guess like like yeah, like a Baneslayer Angel or whatever. Like it's it's it finally feels like like this is this is the green version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really really good card. Um, and it kind of seems. Like, did we talk last week about power creep? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Jesus Christ, this is the definition of power creep. It's like I know it's a mythic and I know it's legendary, but like, can you imagine opening this in the lim- limited? Mm-hmm. Like, how stupid is that going to be? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, this card's really, really good, and I'm excited to pay over the odds for some Japanese copies because I want them. To play this <laughs> yeah, Japanese copies are going to be pretty expensive, aren't they? <laughs> Cool. So let's move on to another card, which I know you have you've definitely seen and do like. Man, this entire episode is meant to be the fun game. Yeah. Well, stop looking at so many magic cards. I have you big Twitter. Nerd. <laughs> I have Twitter, and I'm friends with almost exclusively magic players. Yeah. I can't not hear spoilers. That's true. Cool. So next up then is another card we really like: is Sound Intrusion. Speaking of Sound Intrusion. The sound intrusion of that Skype noise is going to be fun. Yeah. So it's one black for a sorcery. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You may choose a non-land card from your opponent's hand. If you do, your opponent exiles that card. If a non-black card was exiled this way, exile a card from your hand. Boo, Mythic Spoiler for not using the Yeah, boo. Uh, I'm sure they care. <laughs> uh, see? I'm sure they care. Not, I'm sure yeah. he or she cares, because, you know... I'm not being a bell end about it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this card's good. Yeah, I think this is fantastic. It's, it's, yeah, it's like, like almost as good as Thoughtseize. It's not as good as Thoughtseize. Stop it. Oh no, it's not as good, but it's almost as good. This doesn't make your Death Shadow bigger. It doesn't make your Death Shadow bigger. No, but it it exiles their card. Mm-hmm. Doesn't put it in their graveyard. So that's a thing. It doesn't grow their Tarmogoyf. It doesn't. I don't know, like potentially put a reanimator target in the graveyard. It it doesn't fuel their storm count. Like that's no, not their storm count, sorry, their um cabal therapy. Yeah, it doesn't fuel their grave storm count. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't go to the grave. I mean this is a better top deck than Thoughtseize if you have no cards in hand. Yeah, for sure. Because you don't have any downside. Uh yeah, this this card's really good. I think it's probably playable, especially in the kind of grindy black mirror match like a jund mirrors and stuff like that where you yeah. thought sees their black card and there's no downside to it also this seems really really good in eight rack yeah definitely te- 10 rack or whatever it's called now because of davriel right still playing davriel yeah because it makes your ensnaring bridge better because it's like you exile a card so yeah you have less cards in hand for your ensnaring bridge this yeah I, I really like this card yeah i think it's really good in standard as well because i think it's it obviously just does, does the thoughts use thing but it's going to play very nicely with the the cards that go on adventures creatures that go on adventure so you just exile one of those from your hand and then you can just play it that's is that how adventure cards work yeah 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 because you, you can you may cast the creature from exile i only thought that was if they've been exiled with the adventure mechanic like if you nope. cast them as a sorcerer in instant no no you may cast the creature from exile is that all it says uh 
let's have a look. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't want to... I feel like that's such a miss if it doesn't work like that, though. Then exile this card. You may cast the creature later from exile. Yep. I think that's the thing. You have to, you have to cast it if it's been exiled with adventure. Like, being able to cast it from exile is part of the adventure ability. It's part of the, res- the resolution of that ability is it gives the card the text, you may cast it from exile. Yeah. If, if an adventure card is just in exile, I don't believe you can cast it. Yeah, you're probably right there. Oh, well, that- <laughs> there goes my sweet galaxy round plays. <laughs> there are some sweet places with this card still. I mean, I guess we wait for the for the um, the, the proper, like, rule, like, the release notes. Like, wait for the release notes, for sure. But yeah, it pretty, I, mean, I assume you're right. But yeah, yeah I, I, sure I hope works. it works that way. Like you can, you can play the creature from exile, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't work that way. Yeah, because the fact that the adventure, like on an adventure card, it says you may like exile this card, then you may later cast this from exile. It's not a separate sentence, right? No, it's a separate sentence. It says then sentence. exile this card. Um, full stop. You may cast this from exile. Yeah, it says uh, then exile this card. Full stop. You may cast the creature later from exile. Full stop. Later. The word later yeah. makes me think that you can't do it unless it's the next hard with adventure. Yeah, probably. There's going to be people listening to this podcast that know how this works and are just really annoyed. Having to listen to this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Anyway, Sound Intrusion is a good card. It is. A fantastic card. I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it has some chops for some, some formats that aren't just standard. Yeah. And one of those isn't Commander. Agreed. So what is the the opposite of a Sound Intrusion? But the opposite of a sound intrusion. So it's a silence, a silence exclusion. It's a deafening silence, which is another card from Throne of Eldraine. That's that's not the opposite. That's just a poor joke you've tried to force in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. this is your favourite card. This is your invitational card, right? Oh, I hate this card so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's one white for an enchantment. Each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell each turn. So I'm pretty sure when you... Because I've, I've seen this one as well because you're ruining the game and this episode yeah. is going to be terrible because of it. <laughs> and not for any other reason. I think when you first sent me this card, <laughs> I, I, was having a, I was having a smoke break at work and I had a message from you that just says, Joe Ladner has sent you a picture. And it just said, F this card. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that sounds reasonable reading the card. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just frustrating. Like, as a, obviously, as a Storm player, like, any any time they reveal a card which is like you can't cast more than one spell or you pay one more for each spell you cast after this this previous spell or whatever like any sort of effect like this is just really annoying like it's it's not a you know not a storm killer like it doesn't make the deck unplayable it just makes it more annoying like especially with this being an enchantment as well like hercules recall can't hit this um yeah i'm gonna have to like play more abrupt decays and echo and troops on my sideboard i guess my favourite part, uh, part about this card is the flavour text yeah. from Sir Tasdale, Knight of Arden, uh, Ardenvale. It says, uh, screw Joe Loudon specifically. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good card that I assume you're going to be able to stick into some sideboards in, in Modern and Legacy. More cards I need to buy in Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, it's interesting we have both this and Rule of Law in Standard. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, this is... I think this probably just replaces Aetherswan Canonist in basically every Eternal Format white sideboard that isn't playing artifacts, because, you know, sometimes Affinity would, would play Aetherswan Canonist because it, you know, is an artifact. Or whatever. Yeah. 
I, I would agree there, definitely. This is really good. You just jam it turn one, and if they don't have an answer, then they, they don't get to win the game, or they have a really tough time winning the game. Yeah, it's it's just that it, it, it's a more difficult time uh, winning the game, and then the fact that it, it's an enchantment specifically, and like not an artifact, means that you've got to spend one more card dealing with it, which is it's just annoying sometimes. Yeah, I think... This is going to see. This is like going to be a staple in Legacy more than it is in Modern because yeah. Legacy is the format where you sort of just have to have at least a couple of answers to Storm. Like you, yeah. you have to just come to every tournament packing some kind of answer to Storm. Whereas Modern, like playing multiple spells in one turn, like isn't really an angle you're trying to shoot for. Yeah. Like if you're stuck trying to stop the, the Zedek or something like that, you you have better answers for that, I guess. And Storm's dead, I think. <laughs> just like Storm hasn't been played. For ages, in any kind of meet for in any kind of meaningful way, in modern, in modern, yeah, yeah. I mean, Twiddle Storm's a thing. It's not. It was a thing for roughly a week. Yeah, we'll it was, see. It's it's a cool deck, and like some people have put up some results of it, but I don't think it's good enough because I, I I played a couple of games of that deck because my friend Andy built the deck, and I was like, oh, can I just play a couple of games? And God, it fizzles a lot. I think it, it's one of those decks where like. A handful of people are going to put up some fantastic results with that deck, and they will be able to play it like just awesomely, like in any tournament tournament they enter. But I, I think the majority of the people who are picking it up are picking it up because it's fairly cheap. Yes, and I, I don't think it's necessarily a good deck in everybody's hands. I legitimately think the most expensive card in that deck is Lotus Veil. Yeah, quite probably. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, even like. Like beta twiddles are like four pounds each if you want to go fancy. Is that it? Only four pounds? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, I don't want to play that deck ever. <laughs> it's really. Do- it's also it feels because like normally with like with traditional storm or like the gift storm that's been sort of the storm deck of modern for uh, a minute now is at least it kind of wins fairly quickly and you can see when you're dead. Yeah. Tw- twiddle storm. You play by yourself for fifteen minutes and then go oh, pass the turn. And your opponent just had to sit there doing nothing. Because at least normally with Storm, when you sit there, you, your opponent sits there and doesn't do anything, they lose. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with Twiddle Storm, it's just like, oh, I didn't do it. Please continue with your game. And that feels horrendous. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this, this card's very cool. Good. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm sure it'll <laughs> frustrate me. <laughs> yes, such frustration some, in your voice. Some tolerance well. in the future. <laughs> Cool. So next up is the opposite of that. It's a card that I love. Uh, I definitely want to see your, your take on this. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. Uh, so we, next up we have Vantress Gargoyle. Vantress Gargoyle. I've seen this as well. Maybe I should just like put my head in the sand for a week before we record the next episode. Yeah, probably. I mean, we are recording earlier than usual as well, so the, there are going to be less cards that you will have see, not seen today as opposed to like tomorrow if we were recording tomorrow. That's true. We're currently recording on, on Sunday as opposed to Monday. So Vantress Gargoyle is one in blue for an artifact creature gargoyle, yeah, which makes sense. It has flying, uh, but it also can't attack unless defending player has seven or more cards in their graveyard. Yeah, and it can't block unless you have four or more cards in your hand, and you can tap it. And each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Is that yep. why you love this card? Because it looks like a lantern card. It is a lantern card, one hundred percent. Yep. Excellent. It's yeah. an actual wind condition lantern, so that's fun. It's a, it's a two mana five four with flying, like. Like, what? <laughs> Which is the Force of Negation. It does, yeah. Yeah, are you playing Force of Negation Lantern? Uh, I, I doubt it. I mean, I mean, I don't think you're playing Lantern currently. Correct. Unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think this is a card that could definitely help Lantern make a bit of a, bit of a resurgence. Um, it's got some fantastic stats in it. 
and then it's just like another mill rock as well. Yeah, that's true. It's a mill rock that costs two mana, and you can't tap the turn it comes into play. Yeah, but it's also a way to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. And you can you can still you can work for it as well. Like it's a thing. I, I like it a lot. Um, I think it's probably going to see some standard play as well. Uh, especially with with it just being like a two mana five four flying, it's going to be able to block a fair number of things. Uh, and the kind of decks that you're going to play it in are most likely going to have like at least four cards in hand at all time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's quite some sweet. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of mono blue deck as well. Like I, I you know like a lot of the a lot of the cards we've seen in Eldraine reward you for playing like a monocolored deck and i wouldn't be surprised to see that transition over to standard uh having like this loads of card draw spells and some like counter spells and good defensive creatures and then have like jace as your win condition and just mill yourself i feel like that's probably just going to be a deck at some point i mean quite, quite, quite probably yeah. yeah excellent yeah i i mean i don't like this card at all this is pretty much the opposite of everything i ever want to do <laughs> Yeah, this is like yeah, this is like every this, this would be my actual invitational card <laughs> if I was to have a design one. It would probably look something exactly like this. And might I add that you look very well represented in the art. They got your face spot on. Oh yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Although having if I designed it, it probably would have ended up being like a one four or something. Yeah, probably, and you would have made it a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't have such a big chin. Yeah. So, speaking of Invitational cards... Go on. Uh, we sort of have the return of Invitational cards with Eldraine. We do, yeah. Is our, our next card that I, I wanted to touch on, which I think was pretty cool, is Fervent Champion. So, it's one red for a human knight. It's a 1-1. One, one. It has First Strike and Haste. And whenever Fervent Champion attacks, another target attacking knight you control gets plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn. And equip abilities you activate that target Fervent Champion costs three less to activate. And it also has another line of text on the bottom, which is 2018 World Champion Javier Dominguez. Yeah, that's a really sweet touch. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's essentially the return of like the invitational cards, so things like like Dark Confident, like Snapcaster Mage. Uh, we've seen in the past. Um, players who who've won those tournaments have gone on to help design the cards and then they're featured in the artwork of the cards and it's something that i, th- I feel like a like a large vocal majority of the community has has wanted to see a return of for, for years now so it's really cool that it finally makes a comeback yeah it's, it's it's really cool like yeah like you said like everyone's just wanted it back because it was a really cool aspect of the game and getting to see like just the fact that they've put his name on it is really cool yeah, he, big fan of Javier that. Dominguez's name is on it, and obviously the the art is it's him on horseback, and he's he's holding the trophy, and it's on fire. So it's it's really cool. I I like it a lot. Um, I hope they do it. I hope they do it every year. Like whoever wins worlds, they're on the card, and they help to help design the card. Yeah, that'd be really sweet. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, is this card good? Probably. I think it just becomes like the the one drop of choice in like the mono red deck. Uh, it combos with Ember. Cleave. Can't remember the name of it now. Em- Ember Cleave, yeah, it combos with Ember Cleave with the equip cost. Uh, will it see play outside of standard? I'm really not sure. No, this is certainly not better than Goblin Guide or Monastery Spear. Yeah, agreed. Like you can equip swords to it for free, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not worth that. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, Stoneforge Mystic now legally modern. Yeah. And this says something about equipment. 
It does. So that's a thing you can do. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I just think it's it's really cool for standard. Uh, it's really cool to see the invitational style cards back. And yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this card. I'm annoyed that it's not a human wizard knight. <laughs> yeah. Because all the other all the other invitational cards are wizards, right? That was the point. That was the joke. Uh, is Solemn Song Outcome a wizard? Oh, no, it's just a golem. And Avalanche, was Avalanche Riders? No, it's not. No. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> One side note, which I, I think is pretty cool about it, is that uh, Javier Dominguez helped name the card. Um, apparently he was given a list of a list of like names for the card, like like yeah, like I can't remember what they were exactly, but it was like Thyri Champion or like you know, Furious Champion, that kind of thing. And uh, he he actually came back to them and, and said like okay those those names are cool but what about fervent champion and they they went okay yeah that's great we'll use that so it's named fervent champion because he really likes Hazard the fervent yeah that's cool yeah and i've seen this card for as long as it's been spoiled and i've only just realized that the name is fervent champion yeah because he's a world champ <laughs> he is <laughs> every episode i find a new way to embarrass myself just <laughs> <laughs> the word champion because he's a champion yeah Great. <laughs> awesome. Move on to our, our last card, I guess. So this card, I just wanted to touch on because it's, I don't think it's a good card that we'll see any play anywhere really, but it's definitely an interesting card. Uh, so this one is Seven Dwarves. So how many how many of these cards haven't I seen? What's our hit rate on this? I don't know. <laughs> not, not having seen <laughs> or maybe four or five. <laughs> so Seven Dwarves is one and a red for a creature dwarf. It's a 2-2. Two, two. Seven Dwarves gets plus one, plus one for each other creature named Seven Dwarves you control. And here's the interesting part. A deck can have up to seven cards named Seven Dwarves. Yes, it, it can. Regardless of the format you're playing in. Yeah. So this card I think is interesting because, or at least notable, is because this is the, the first card to have a restriction in a in limited. Yes, it is. Yeah, so typically like whenever you... Like whenever you play limited, like if you're playing draft or sealed, like you can play with however many number of cards like you open in your sealed pool or you draft. So let's say like you open like six copies of grizzly bears in like your 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 sealed pool, you can play all six of those grizzly bears, like rather than just like the four that you would be typically allowed in constructor format. Uh, seven dwarves does put a restriction on that though. You can only have up to seven cards named seven dwarves, even in limited. Yes, and if you're in a position in Limited where you have eight copies of Seven Dwarves, you're probably not going to have a good time anyway. Agreed. So Agreed. applying the restriction to your deck it probably just doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, this card's probably not very good. Yeah, I, I just think it's terrible. I mean, it can be a 2-mana 3-3. Three, three. Or 2-mana 4-4, 2-mana 6-6, or 2-mana 7-7. Or 2-mana 9-9. 2-mana 8-8. No, you can't be two, literally can't be a 2-mana 9-9. It could be a 2-mana 8-8. Yeah. Wait, I, that's probably... I don't know. Yes, because <laughs> each other copy... So it gets put... The most it can have is plus six plus six. Uh, it's for each other... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the most it can be is a team winner eight eight. Yep. That was, again, took me an embarrassingly long time to work out. Which, I mean, like, to be fair, if you have, like, seven eight eights on board, you're probably winning that game. Probably, yeah. <laughs> probably. I don't know. I, I don't know in, like, which world these, like games of magic are happening where like you draft seven copies of seven dwarves and you have all seven of them on the board at the same time i mean which which card is snow white then that's a good question i don't know if we've, we've seen a, a snow white yet no because it can't even be like rowan kemrith because she's a split card 
Well, not a spin-off, yeah. but she's like one of two characters on the card. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's not Snow White and her brother in the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, we haven't seen the Snow White. We've seen, obviously, the, the glass casket that Snow White goes to sleep in or dies in, or <laughs> whichever version of the film you're reading or watching. Pretends to die. Yeah. <laughs> in order to get attention from a male lover. Also, there's a lot of problematic things about fairy tales. That's what I'm trying to say. Fairy tale tropes. Excellent. So that's the last card we're going to touch on. Yeah, unless uh, you have any that you want to cover. Uh, no, because I don't know any of them. That's part of the game, Joe. Come on. <laughs> I don't know anything about these cards. I feel like that's the big issue. With it. Like, I, I don't know which cards you haven't seen, and you can't tell me which cards you haven't seen because you haven't seen them. It's almost as if this is a terrible idea for a podcast yeah. episode. I wonder who thought, who thought of this. I think it was me. <laughs> and I don't appreciate your tone. <laughs> so, so, other than Eldraine, uh, we saw a, a pretty cool uh, Team Modern uh, Grand Prix this this weekend, which was at Magic Fest Ghent. Uh, yeah, I really like this this Team Modern format. I think it's quite interesting to see like the the different styles of, of decks or like the different combinations of decks that are being played. So, obviously, it's not team unified modern so like if you wanted to you could just play like all play the same deck which is something that we definitely saw with um canister's team all three of them were on Wurza. yeah Wurza, Wurza, Wurza. yeah and at a certain point they were 9-0 <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that yeah. deck's a problem uh it, it could it could certainly be a problem so we had the the top four um somehow like the canister team didn't even make the top four so that they came fifth overall which is still a fantastic record i think Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lost the list. There we go. So we've got the the top four deck lists. Uh, we've got one of the teams is on two Tron, one Esper Urza. Wait, 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 wait! You definitely have to try and read the team names. Okay, team Canal Reininger. Canal Reininger. I'm assuming it's Rain Rain. I I have no idea how to pronounce that. They were on two copies of Tron and one Esper Urza. Uh, team BNJ, much nicer team name. Uh, we're on Dredge, Wurza, and Jeskai Stoneblade. Team Do- Doom Kang were on Bant Stoneblade, Mardu Shadow, and Burn. And Team Blasco de Gare 15 and Ronda de Saint Pierre 44 <laughs> were yeah. on Jund, Wurza, and Wurza. Yes, yes, they were. And that is the team that ended up winning the entire event. It is, yeah. Um, so it seems to me that like the Wurza decks were very popular uh, amongst pretty much everybody though, who played in the tournament from the looks of it. Uh, I I think the deck's fantastic. And, I mean, I I don't think anything needs to be banned from it myself, but I'm already starting to see a lot of conversations about it on Twitter. So I think it is kind of like the next, next bogeyman in modern. Maybe we should ban Commander Horizons from modern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Remember when we all thought none of these cards were good? Yeah. Remember when one of them broke the format and another one's trying to break the format? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if Magic players are idiots, including us, at evaluating Magic cards. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely horrendous at evaluating Magic cards, I will will fully <laughs> admit to that. I think Urza might be a problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. There's, there's still, like, you know, an array of decks in this top four. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Bantstone Bay deck's sweet. The Mardi Shadow deck continues to be sweet. Burn, I think, is I think was the most represented deck, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Burn's just very good at the moment. Like you get to play a bunch of a bunch of cards that are like 
just always good. Um, and like Eidolon and the Great Revel is fantastic when there's so many Urza decks running around playing like one and zero mana artifacts. Um, you get to play Skullcrack, which is obviously great against like the the now playable Battle Skull. Uh, and then yeah, you get all of like modern horizons, like Horizon Lands, Canopy Lands, whatever you want to call them, that like draw you cards in red. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I, I quite like Burn as the deck currently. Yeah, it's also worth noting that part of the winning team is oh god, oh, I really need to apologise for pronouncing this name, Esther. Trujillo, 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 Trujillo. 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 Goddamn it! Yeah, it, like it's uh, it's like the basis from Metallica, Rob Trujillo. God, of course you knew that. <laughs> so now I just sound like a fool. At least I tried. Sure. But yeah, it's worth noting that there's uh, another GP win from a from a woman player, which is excellent. Yeah, the second female player to, to ever win a, a GP. God bless. Yeah. Speaking of women winning GPs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, is. It's unfortunate that I must inform you all that play it forward or at it again. Uh, back once again with their their opinions. Back once again with certainly some ill behaviour. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, they were like, "Oh, we don't count team events because it's too hard to find people that are in them." When you know, Ali Warfield was in the top four, right? Yeah, yeah, she was in the top four last weekend. Yeah, which is you know one tweeted about a lot by Channel Fireball. <laughs> And yeah. two, tweeted a lot by basically everyone in the Magic community. <laughs> and it was a very big deal. And it's like, oh no, we can't... <sighs> basically the thing was, oh, we're not willing to put in the effort to look through these things to find... And then they were like, oh yeah, but you know, we, we use a scanning system to like... <laughs> this whole thing came about about them basically looking for like female sounding names. Yeah. <laughs> and like non-gendered sounding names, which is incredibly like crappy in its own very special kind of way where you're just like well this this sounds like a woman or this sounds like a non-binary person like jesus christ just they they kind of just got dragged off twitter for a while right after putting several of their own feet in their mouth and then just come back by like doubling down on their really bad behavior i just don't understand it like it's (sighs) screw play play it forward yeah it's such it's such an excellent idea and i really hope that someone does it well because it's something that I think should be part of the magic community. Yeah. But whoever's in charge of it is doing a really poor job. <laughs> like doing a really poor job and mainly doing a really poor job of their social media management because they just come out of the rule work with these like, like no one would have questioned it. Like, okay, you kind of have to question the fact that, you know, a, a woman top fouring a GP <laughs> or just, they just didn't do it. They just didn't say anything about it. They like, Ali didn't get the, uh, the play it forward award or whatever, or the, whatever yeah. they give out these days. But, yeah, just like, you didn't have to be like, oh, we have this scanning system. For- just don't bring it up. Don't talk about your weird little creepy scanning system that goes through GP results and looks for women names. Like, that's... Yeah. So, so it was a couple of days after the event that posted, back from camping, we have some catch-up to do. Play it forward winners for... And then they listed, like, three events, failing to obviously list the one that had just happened, like, three days earlier or four days earlier, which was was very clearly and very visibly you know like ali warfield won that that award in that event yep and it was completely missed off and then obviously the replies were oh well what about what about gp indy what about this what about that and straight away they were just nope i can't cover team events 
no way to do name scans with no first names. Just like look at the tweets from like I don't know. Were, it was still being tweeted about that day. I'm sure because it's a big deal and it's really cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming Ali Warfield will probably be happy with the doing really well at a Magic Bank because she's a very good player and the yeah. invitational invite. I'm sure that will suffice as opposed to the player forward reward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think like Ali's a very notable player currently, and like she's been on like such a tear recently. Yeah, in, she's been coming in, like, absolutely modern and legacy um in star city events and then obviously this this team gp was was absolutely fantastic and yeah i'm sure she'll crush it on the the mc yeah um, i think championship i said mythic invitation my apologies uh yeah the actual like, just call it the pro tour the um but it's, <laughs> well like at least it's going to be the pt again from next year yeah it's true but player tour so it's not stupid yeah. yeah but yeah i mean clearly ali warfield isn't notable enough for play it forward who's meant to be an organization that focuses on women players in magic to know about her you know that's when you really made it yeah <laughs> this weird creepy person who scans names for women names knows who your name is so how can you be involved in magic and not like in competitive magic and not know who ali warfield is or at least pay attention to twitter accounts that are tweeting about tweeting about the people that top forward a recent gp yeah jesus <laughs> Cool. So I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Um, a bit of a, a bit of an un- unusual one, I think, this week because we are recording a bit earlier than we usually do again. Um, but yeah, if you want to get in touch and let us know your takes on Eldraine, uh, what do you think of these cool invitational cards that we were seeing back again? Um, what would your invitational card be if you got to win worlds and design a card? Get at us on social media on Twitter. We are at hfdcast, facebook.com/hfdcast or on patreon.com slash devastation if you've enjoyed anything that you've heard or seen from us and would like to give anything back. Tears start there from as little as, as $1 per month. It's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. Would you like to hear what my invitational card is now that you've got me thinking about it? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> it would be a single green. Yeah. For a zero one. Be a human druid. Yeah. And it would have exalted. And it would tap for a green, a white, or a red. Nice. Instead of a blue. <laughs> And it would be called Hierarch Noble. Nice. Thank you. That was really worth the time. Yeah. Please continue with the outro of this podcast. Yeah, may- maybe maybe I'll think of, of one myself, like what I would actually do. Uh, human wizard. Nah. Uh, nah, yeah. Human wizard, right? Yeah. What, a single black. Yeah. When this creature enters the battlefield, add black, black, black to your monopoly. Maybe. Or maybe it would just be like a zero mana artifact that, I don't know, draws you 18 cards or something stupid. (laughs) I don't know. I'll think of a proper one. Anyway, uh, (laughs) if you want to get in touch with me and and see what my invitational card ends up being, um, you can get me on Twitter. I'm at peachgardenoaf or facebook.com. You can find me. I'm Joe Loudon. I'm pretty much in any of the magic groups. Come find me. How are you spelling oaf? That's oaf with an F. With an F, excellent. Like the fool I am. Good one. Like the oaf you are. Yeah. I miss when your Twitter picture was uh, Jester's cap. Yeah. It was more fitting. <laughs> it was more fitting than the picture of you dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at snail69. Nice. Thank you. That's S N E A L 69. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's how you spell the handle. Yeah. Um, and I keep talking about streaming. Just follow me on Twitch anyway, so you get a notification. I'll be able to actually get around to it. Things keep happening, and I keep having to interact with human beings. Get tired. And I was gonna, I was honestly gonna stream today, but then I uh, had a panic attack, and it was really bad. 
So it's probably not the best idea for me to stream a couple of <laughs> So I need to go podcast instead, because that will definitely soothe my mind. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That is all we have time for this week. Yeah, once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Arab Devastation. <laughs> <laughs>